Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We're four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. And welcome into our third episode of the Bama Geeks podcast. I'm Brock Parker. Hope you are doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, my cohorts for this evening and always my lovely, lovely friends and family. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello again. Greetings. Of course, Jessica, Bo, and Kevin. We geeky four southerners. So (laughs) (laughs) we got a few. like the (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi. We got a few things we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to, after 14 months, there was a convention in Alabama and Jess and I went to it in Huntsville. We'll talk about the few hours that we stayed there. Ghostbusters Afterlife, the day we released our second episode, they decided to release a brand new trailer full of little fun marshmallows, stay puffs on Walmart shelves with Paul Rudd. So, hey, we're two weeks behind and we're going to talk about it and uh, what we can possibly look forward to with Afterlife. And of course, the segment for Bo and Jess, the athletic theater, wrestling for (laughs) the rest of us. Wrestling. (laughs) Layeth the smacketh down. And of course, Bo has still not watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we're going to dive into spoiler territory despite that. (laughs) We'll have to turn it into when will I watch, watch. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, two weeks ago, as of this recording, Mm -hmm. the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo happened naturally in Huntsville, Alabama. And that was the first time that Jess and I had gone to a convention since February of 2020, when we went to Days of the Dead in Atlanta and got to meet Kathleen Turner and Richard Dreyfuss and a few more people. And we had an absolute wonderful time. Man, I tell you, we, we threw the masks on and we saw some of our friends from that area and we got to buy stuff from dealers. Mind you, art dealers, not not anything illicit. <laughs> so we got to, we got to look at toys, didn't buy any toys. We bought some art and we got to meet Emily Swallow, who plays the armorer on the mandalorian when you hear that little voice at the beginning of this podcast before we all pop on here that says this is the way that's emily and we got to meet her just what do you think about the con i was so excited to be back in that environment it, it was nice to start feeling that sense of hopefully of things getting back to to normal it was just a great feeling to be back amongst that yeah it was and 
you know, with me having gone to conventions since 1993, that was my first one. I was kind of getting burned out on cons. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, you know, I'm almost now at 28 years of doing conventions and it was nice to take a break. I'm not going to lie. In 2020, it was nice to sit back and relax. Even though I missed seeing everybody, it was nice not to have to go spend so much money at a convention. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't dress up or anything for, for the Huntsville Comic uh, and Pop Culture Expo. But, man, it, it felt so good getting back into a crowd. And a crowd that was appropriately masked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yep. was. I felt completely safe at the con. Completely safe. I know quite a few people did the professional photo shoots with uh, some of the actors and the artists that were there. And they had a, you know, a wall of clear plexiglass in between you and the, and the uh, celebrity, but you can't really see them in the picture. So that was really nice. It looks like you're right there with no, you know, no separation, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we did have a couple of people look at our pictures of us with Emily Swallow and saw the three of us without masks. I haven't heard anything negative. They were like, oh, wow, you got to actually stand with her and, and be without your mask. Mm-hmm. Well, Emily is fully vaccinated and we all had our masks on when we were going up to meet her. And, you know, and she walked up with her mask on and she right. was very quick to say, hey, I am fully vaccinated. I will take my mask off if you guys are comfortable with that. And uh, we said, are you comfortable with us? She's like, yeah, totally fine. So for that one picture, we quickly took our masks off. We smiled for the camera. We had the picture taken. We quickly put our mask back on. Right. So it was a very quick ordeal. And then, and one, I was very glad that she was okay with and that she's vaccinated. And, you know, we were completely safe. Jess and I were totally fine. And that was nice that we actually got to do a picture without those things on. <laughs> but Emily was as sweet as she could be. She was extremely nice. Yeah, very gracious guest to meet and interact with. Brock got his Black Series uh, armor figure signed. The his, limited edition one, not the regular one you could right. find in stores, but the one that was on Hasbro Pulse for a very quick time because those things went quickly and I was able to get oh, one. Yeah. Um, we also had a chance to meet uh, Disney artist James Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Pleasure of meeting him. Had some beautiful prints there for sale. Also had some of his original sketches there to look at. Uh, we ended up coming away with uh, quite a few prints from him. That was really the bulk of our purchases there had to do with prints and Disney art and things like that. No surprise. Yeah, he he did some really nice prints of Jessica Rabbit. He had one that looked like the Sideshow premium mm-hmm. format figure that I've got. And I was like, man, that looks a lot like the statues. Like, yeah, I helped design it. And I'm like, oh, oh. So I got the print from him and he signed <laughs> it. And He also had uh, said he's... Uh, he also worked on Frozen, the first Frozen movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he loved drawing Anna. That was his favorite character of all that he was involved with and loved how to draw her. And we shared with him, you know, why we love Anna so much and showed him our costuming. And he was very, uh, very amazed at our costumes and how well that Brock and I do that costume together. Very sweet guy. Uh, actually, I bought the last print that he had on hand of Anna and Olaf. We we also got a metallic print. This guy had printed on, mm-hmm. uh, he had done some uh, artwork of Ariel uh, on a metal plate, and it was really, really pretty and really, really pops in the lights. First time I've ever had a metallic print, so that was really neat to get. But 
But I, I feel like I came away with the best print of all, the basic white Grogu. That <laughs> if I didn't, Brock told me he was going to be sorely disappointed if I did not walk away with that print. Isn't, isn't that he's wearing Mickey ears and drinking uh, Starbucks? Yes. Yep. <laughs> and the Starbucks drink that he's holding looks exactly like the the caramel frappuccino oh. that I get. You know, you could see the, like the little brown and the white and everything. I said that. Probably for Grogu is a frogachino, maybe. You know. Oh, frogachino. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like to refer to it, like I said, as my basic white Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> and if we haven't shared that photo, uh, on our social media, which is a great time to mention that you can follow us at Bama Geeks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will share that photo if we have not already. I know we shared a couple of pictures. I think we put the ones of us with Emily on there. Yeah. I believe you did that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, follow at Bama Geeks, and we'll show you the basic white Grogu. <laughs> it deserves to be seen. It does. <laughs> And, you know, Grogu, as is, is, is cute as he is, he's been replaced. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's been replaced by Minnie Stay Puffed. Oh, those are so adorable. At least for the time being. Uh, right. Yes. It's the next thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, there'll be something cuter. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know necessarily about replaced, considering it was just a very short trailer. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a really good chance that, you know, if those guys do make it into the movie... <laughs> oh no! That's the, that's, that's going to be a huge deal. I don't know if that's what we're about to discuss will be in the movie, but I think I think the, the puffs are part of it. Which a lot of people, while we're before we get going, good. A lot of people want to say they're trying to cash in on the Grogu popular craze. But nope. Afterlife and everything was finished filming before the Mandalorian premiered. So this is true. Yes, but at the same time, they've had plenty of time to up market, refine it, yeah, and do more special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, either, either, yeah, either side. And yeah. the the reason we have the mini Stay Puft right now is because they needed to get the cereal out, the the new Ghostbusters cereal. I mean that that had a shelf life, and it was starting to get a little long in the tooth, and you know being pushed back with COVID, and the cereal had already been produced and stuff like that. So mini Stay Puft is on the box of cereal that's that's on uh, store shelves currently, and mm -hmm. so it's like people will be like, what are these? So they needed to go ahead and reveal it because the shelf life of the cereal and the boxes were already out there. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a mark? There's marshmallows that are going to be. Hit. Yes. There's state of marshmallows. It's going to be it's, yeah. right. Is it jet puff? Who's making them for him? Or I could be wrong. I don't need or campfire. I think it's campfire <laughs> brand. Yeah. I don't or, need marshmallows. I'm, I'm, so I don't know the brands. <laughs> but anyway, I would say while we're, before we get into it, like I said, if anyone hasn't seen it, which do yourself a favor and look it up, but it's a very, I don't know. Technically, I don't think it's a scene in the movie. I think it's more like a promotional thing. Cause it's, I don't know. It's very weird. Cause like, you know, my, from watching older movies versus newer movies, a lot of things now with, I guess high definition and all that stuff. Everything looks too real. So it looks like it filmed for a commercial or they filmed it at an actual mm -hmm. store. So I don't know. That just might be my old, well, and that, old man. That was my confusion, I guess, in the beginning seeing it. Uh, was this, is this supposed to be a commercial? Is this promotional thing or is this in the movie? How are they, how is this working mm -hmm. itself into the movie? How it all of a sudden do we get these little mini stay puffs popping up? Yeah, and then they and then they ripped out the score, and like like the full on you know, yeah. crescendo of the score and everything. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. When Stay Puft pops out of the actual, you know, the package, it's like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, this feels like it's real. Yeah, 
It's very interesting. Like it, with all of it, Alex, if you haven't seen it, basically Paul Rudd, it looks like he's shopping. I'm assuming at Walmart because Walmart has a good tie in or whatever. They're doing oh, it's absolutely a Walmart. Yeah, it's a Walmart, which I, I appreciate in the commercial. They do a dig at his uh, Baskin his, Robbins. Uh, Baskin <laughs> Robbins. He's forever cursed to be dealing with Baskin Robbins, apparently. <laughs> Like I said, he turns that and then he turns the aisle, hears a sound, and then there's a, a miniature Stay Puft Marshmallow Man breaking out of the bag and then ensues into multiple little Stay Puft Men causing chaos uh, from things of tearing things up to actually setting each other on fire <laughs> on a grill. So, I mean, it's kind of like, uh-huh. oh, this is cute. And delighting uh-huh. in, in, in setting yeah. each other on fire. Oh, they having fun it. with it. <laughs> and one of them totally getting off on becoming a s'more. Yeah. Right. Um, oh. That was amazing. That's my favorite but, one. Look, I can't blame the guy i mean if somebody were to melt a whole bunch of chocolate, chocolate. on me it might burn but man it's gonna taste so good <laughs> you know what, the what smell will be go, incredible right? <laughs> well especially if you're a marshmallow yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean i love s'mores i've always been a huge connoisseur of s'mores and i love making s'mores so just them making the little mini stay puff into one was just perfect for me Say so it's just awesome though the initial reaction. Like so, here we are. We're two weeks out from the original when it was you know posted for everybody to see. But like the initial reaction was awesome. Like especially because like it's been pushed back with the movie pushed back. Kind of Ghostbuster Afterlife. It's got eh, it's coming. You know we'll see it. But then it was like a it was a nice shot in the arm. The interest that everybody had in it needed to be revived. The, the fan base we, lit up. We just ignited yes. in excitement. <laughs> did did do we know this was coming though? Did they no. Like, no. Into, no. They, so they just dropped this out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And believe me, we would have waited on the yeah. release of the podcast because <laughs> it hit. We started doing the social media push like at eight o'clock in the morning central time for for the podcast. Yeah. Sometime and then like ten minutes after we said, Hey, the new Bama Geeks episode is out, all of a sudden there goes Ghostbusters. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? If we would have had, of course, but then it wouldn't have been a fun surprise yeah. marketing move. Right. Well, yeah. if you saw the news, or at least I think it was yesterday, uh, reported that they're going to do it. Hallmark's doing a, a keepsake ornament of yeah. the mini Marshmallow Man. Yep. Mini Stay Puffed on your tree. Probably, well, that's a, yeah. that's a definite purchase for this for this year. Yeah. <laughs> May have to take a small loan and just cover the whole tree with mini marshmallow men. But or, I would be completely okay with it. Or you can just buy the case of the mini Stay Puffs. That is a Hasbro releasing this. The the case or is oh yeah, it's that's another right. it's another company mm-hmm. releasing a. You know, you have these mini blind things like Funko does. Mm-hmm. Want you know from time blind to bags. time these little little blind bag and they all come in a little. Oh, what's the packaging look like? It looks like just a container. Yeah, um, like just a, just like a white container with the Stay Puff label on it yeah little miniature cans are like plastic lids basically to me it looks like the old ectoplasm mm-hmm. containers yeah. right with the state of label on the yeah on but the they front. look like marshmallow containers yeah right yeah so it's going to be a good variety of you know mystery minis stay puffs so you can buy a whole case of those and just put ornament hooks on them and you know put them all over your tree yeah a lot of these 3d printing groups that i'm a part of a lot of people have been creating little stay puffs that you can print out. So whenever I do get my 3D resin printer up and running, which I've had since last summer and <laughs> don't have any space in the house to put it, so I haven't even turned it on yet. It's still sitting in the box. What a incredible investment I made. <laughs> but at least I'll have it when it's ready, I guess. That's right. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be printing out all kinds of little mini stay puffs. I definitely want one for, like I said, to put on my shoulder or stand on my pack when I'm wearing my wearing my my costume. So you know, yeah, the little one that's melted might be a good, you know, one to stick on the top there. I yeah. think that would look really cute. 
That would be awesome. Mm. Well, it's already kind of halfway melted. Maybe we can figure something to Alabama accentuated. I'm trying to think how we, we could do one. A marshmallow man, Alabama centric, I guess. Marshmallow man holding a football or put a houndstooth <laughs> hat on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping we've been looking, we've been on the search for the cereal, have not had any luck in, mm. in finding the cereal yet. So if you're in our listening radius area, send yeah. it in. Yeah, tell us tell us where you if you have found the cereal in the Birmingham area, I'd like to know which grocery chain is is carrying it because so far Publix, Piggly Wiggly, we we've looked at all the ones around yeah. here. We haven't and I've told Brock that the ones that I've seen posted looks like they're coming from Kroger and unfortunately we don't have any Krogers in the Birmingham area. Come on, Birmingham. We need Kroger. <laughs> Get with the times. Get with the Kroger. <laughs> But you would figure if there is some sort of beloved Walmart tie-in to this movie, as we're seeing, at least from from the the little trailer that dropped, you would think Walmart. But then again, it's Walmart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was going to say, wait a minute. Uh, whoa, 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 here, whoa, here we go again. Distribution. Don't, don't, let's, yeah, let's, let's not get into that. Distribution the Walmart and hate. Walmart. <laughs> this has been your third episode in a row with Walmart hate. <laughs> Get your Walmart sock in bulk from us. <laughs> we will provide free of charge. <laughs> Premium molding. <laughs> this just, it, it was so, to me, just to see, like, as Ghostbusters fans, you know, the running gag is that we're just, we're used to disappointment. We're, we're used to mm. not, not getting what we want. And to see this come about and the excitement, my timeline on social media was just nothing but stay puffs and i was loving it it was it was making me bringing me such joy throughout the day just just think guys if this is what we get from a promo what's the movie going to be like look i okay let me as much i'm going to be totally honest here i know everybody is anticipating that second trailer i have my doubts whether i want to watch another trailer and I say that because yeah. I want to go into this movie as green as possible. I want to see this for the first time on that movie screen. I'm craving this no. experience like nobody's business. And I get the movie. I kind of get the premise. I see where we're going with this. I'm really hesitant. I don't know if I want to watch that second trailer because I don't want to see well, too much. Well, yeah. I mean, Gozer's going to come out as Macho Man Randy Savage this time. <laughs> One could only hope. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think my biggest concern on another trailer is I, I hope the studio, because I know some there's some marketing executive studios goes, we've got to get a trailer with all, all the living Ghostbusters right. in it so these people will know it. And I'm like, no, I, I want no, to wait no. to see them in the movie. Right. Yeah. I want that reveal to be something special. When we first got the trailer for MIB International, it was yeah. so exciting. Oh, I want to see this, this trailer. I want to see this movie. I'm so hyped up. But it seems to me that all the good things were put in it, the trailer. Yeah, and been... when we finally watched it, it was so lackluster for me. I I really felt disappointed. Every studio has been guilty of doing that the last probably 10 to 15 years, maybe longer. Yeah. At least, you know, that I'm well aware of. So I feel I have a feeling once that trailer hit, I'm going to have to hide <laughs> some stuff. I Like I said, I am not... I don't think I want to do it. I don't think I want to do this. 
if anything's new, for, I guess, and please show me if anything, I guess, more of the stuff they've kind of showed already in the trailer, more of Phoebe mm-hmm. maybe, and kind of more of the car. Because like I said, the car mm-hmm. to me is the star of the, of the trailer, man. Every time Absolutely. I watch the car roll through the field out of the <laughs> barn, it still gives me chills a million times watching that trailer. And it looks rough. And that's I mean, the car. So that's amazing. It's just like it uh, just they, they just pulled it out of the barn and just started driving it. Right. Exactly what you would expect kids to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to get in the car and just start driving it around. In a wheat field. Yes. Yeah. Donuts in the field. <laughs> that's that's a curiosity. I've got a curious how did Ecto make it from the the metropolis of New York all the way to Somerville, Oklahoma? That's that was idiot. not a cheap trip. okay you know that was uh you know that thing probably has really bad gas mileage (laughs) well and just the only only ride egon had yeah to the you know the last week i've seen that jason reitman has posted that ernie has seen the movie yep and we know that bill has seen the movie and and bill is excited about this movie you know who won't be able to see the movie before release and that's dan Aykroyd because he can't keep his mouth shut no. <laughs> he spoils everything Wait, uncle, are you guys, uncle danny you guys are saying bill's he's excited about it bill? yeah yeah bill There's bill a had an interview, interview bill. a couple of weeks what? ago an audio interview. guys this movie's gonna be amazing yeah bill bill's he's on board about it. it yeah yeah bill bill had good things to say about wow it. Mm-hmm. and that's like you were talking about. Like, I think that's also kind of one of the other mixed blessings of it being postponed for COVID. They've had plenty of time to go back and be like, oh, I wish I edited that different. Right. Or they've had enough time to do, I guess, testing, I guess, and kind of uh, maybe, I don't know if they've done any reshoots because of COVID. I don't think they have. But overall, like I said, it should be a fine, polished movie by the time it's released. What okay. what, what an absolute blessing this has been for Jason Reitman. Yeah, you, yeah, your movie has not been able to be released. We've been waiting a year and a half for it by the time it hits. And he's been able to sit down and tweak it, like you said. Been able yeah. to sit down and just, with a fine-tooth comb, have all this extra time. Because Sony yes. doesn't have a streaming platform like all these other studios. Not a, a, a good, big well-known one let me crackle but oh no no i'm saying you know they have a deal coming up where they're going to be doing stuff with netflix like i think starting 2022 well could could you imagine ghostbusters on netflix well it will be eventually at some point but yeah sony's got a deal with uh, netflix i don't know if you've seen that or not no i I didn't know about the netflix deal i didn't know about that one but I'm, i'm thankful that they are not putting it on the streaming service no no i'm this movie is going to need to be seen in imax absolutely yes I have a geek question for you guys. And um, for those of you that have been following this, you know that I'm a big Star Wars fan and I've been with doing Ghostbusters stuff with these guys forever, but I'm not like a massive Ghostbusters fan like these guys are. And I wanted to ask a question. <laughs> so in the trailer, Ecto is looks like more like what Ecto did in Ghostbusters 1, mm-hmm. the first, original Ghostbusters. What happened to it between 2 and Afterlife? Why did it like all the LEDs and all that crazy stuff they put on it in Ghostbusters 2? Go away. Well, hopefully we'll find that out in the movie. Yeah. Like they just said, we don't need this anymore. And I don't want to carry well, this across the country. It, it, it's, it's like the, the ladder is on the <laughs> is on the opposite side because they, as we know from the mm-hmm. trailer, Egon installed a suicide door Yep, that, that Phoebe is sitting on. And, you know, the seat shoots out of the door and there's a proton pack mounted onto the back of that seat. So he had to move the ladder over. Egon tinkering I, with the stuff, I imagine. Maybe if we're lucky, there'll be some kind of flashback montage where they're kind of, you know, maybe you'll see something or maybe you'll see it in action. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like it could be a faraway shot, you know, or 
some old footage outside of what you've seen in the trailer. Just blown away. You guys don't already know this. Um, well, I mean, it's but- it's well, this is uh, honest to God. Really I am knows. I am surprised that they have kept everything so locked down with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that you guys don't know it just tells me everything I need to know. This movie is going to be amazing because we're all going to walk into the theater not knowing much of anything other than maybe having seen the second trailer that Jessica doesn't want to see. And then we're going to go in and watch it and hopefully be just as amazed by this movie as we were when we saw the you know Ghostbusters for the first time. Well, mm-hmm. and you you refer back to, you're talking about Ghostbusters 2 and Ecto and Ghostbusters 2, but are they going to recognize Ghostbusters 2? I think 2 is recognized, but I think it's going to be like it's it's a more building off events of 1. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, there's a lot right. of imagery based on from Ghostbusters 1, which I like Ghostbusters 2. I don't love as much as that original, but I, I love it right there with it. It might be, you know, GB1 here and GB2 mm-hmm. a little bit below it, but I mean, it's still. Right. Wasn't the gun seat thing that pops out, wasn't that like in the game? It, Did put that in the game or something? I don't think it was in the game. I know that no. they had a gunner seat that sat on top of the Ecto-1 from the cartoon, the toy, yeah. the toy Ecto-1, okay. which is being re-released, by the way. I've got two on pre-order because <laughs> you too. got two. One Noise. for me, one for my son. <laughs> <laughs> two for me because ah, you no. know, I'm a kid too. But uh, yeah, there's a gunner seat on the toy that uh, the, the real Ghostbusters Ecto-1 that sits mm-hmm. on top. So I think that's kind of a a nod to that yeah cool you know jason went through a ton of footage and if if you look in the trailer and you see a lot of the footage that throws back to the 84 movie all that is unseen footage Mm -hmm. they that has never seen the light of day he went back and found different camera angles of different events that happened shot Mm -hmm. during the movie so you're going to get kind of a fresh perspective on the 84 movie Mm mm-hmm I was like, quick question. How long do you think the movie's going to run? I'm going to say an hour and a half at least. Yeah. I think an hour and a half. Yeah. Hour and a half, two hours would be mm-hmm. two, two hours tops. Yeah. I kind of feel like two hours would be a bit too long for mm-hmm. it. I think it depends. I think probably write it an hour and a half. Well, for me, two hours wouldn't be too bad, but that's just me, though. <laughs> well, I mean, according to, to modern film standards, like how long were, was Ghostbusters one and two? One is about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Two is about maybe about the same time yeah. frame. Yeah. They're they're in between that one and a half, and they they don't go two hours. I know that. Yeah, yeah. No, I know no. that they, they feel like really good digestible movies. That's one of the yeah. things. It's like if I just want to sit down and just watch a movie that I love, and I don't feel like I need to get like super invested in a whole long time period. It's right. like it's, there's there's that magic between ninety minutes and two hours. That's just like it's it just to me it feels so different. Well, it, I always refer to Ghostbusters as my lullaby because of there was just a lot of nights that. I would just be going to bed and I uh, just have some something to turn on the TV to fall asleep to. And usually it was just that. Just let it roll. Oh, nice. So I say it's it was, it's my lullaby for for years. <laughs> we're, we're super interested in knowing what you guys out there on in our social media platforms uh, think about the trailer. Because, you know, so to hit us up whenever we post this episode. Yeah, we absolutely. really want to know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'd love to hear your feedback. We love to yes. hear you. And we do interact. Yes, we do. Because we love it. Or at the very least, Brock does. <laughs> <laughs> He's usually the one, the first one to catch it. Yeah. Uh, that's because I'm sitting on the computer all day anyway, doing social media for work. So it just pops up. Speaking of uh, uh, Gozer, the Gozerian, 
potentially as Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> I like that segue, there, my friend. It's a good little segue into our athletic theater. <laughs> We're going to throw down fisticuffs now. I will catch you in a headlock. This is going to <laughs> be the, the almost exclusive area for Bo and, and Jessica here yeah. with their fisticuffs. They're going to speak about the Macho Man in his cohorts. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, it, it, unfortunately it, it, we can't speak of ma- Macho Man currently. He's uh, he's unfortunately no longer with us. But he's in know. the wrestling ring in the sky now. That's right. He, he <laughs> snapped Slim Jims with the angels now. <laughs> and he got a, a really big uh, push whenever he was made into a mod for the uh, PC game Skyrim. Oh, that's uh, so oh, Skyrim. Yes. And he would just <laughs> pop up as the dragon and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I, I don't go say we'll just well, I guess we'll briefly touch just because we just came off of WrestleMania. Yep. <laughs> the first WrestleMania would to see them back in front of a live audience, which is yep. just their first w- audience was in a, over a year. Yes. And uh, Brock and I are not as well versed in the most current day. Current day events of wrestling uh we're kind of learning more about this now that we have the peacock subscription that's tied into the wwe network so yeah sorry uh, about that noise my cup dropped on the coaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah during wrestlemania <laughs> this year <laughs> I'm, I'm texting Bo. i'm like hey what does this mean why are there so many titles why are there 24 titles now in the wwe and and who's this guy you know so yeah, yeah. I'm but, not as hardcore with WWE as I was, but I, I I'm aware of the product, but I'm not a hundred percent invested in it as I was. Right. But I'm still I, I I'm aware, but I guess I'm not diehard. But I'm still like I said, I'm I'm somewhat. But like I said, with me, like I you know, used to watch pretty religiously. Now between fatherhood and eight million ways to watch many other things, it's hard to keep up with everything now. Mm-hmm. Well, WrestleMania for I guess for the second year in a row was two different nights are, are we going to go back to a one night format at any point probably not until they do a mat see that's the way you go back to you talking about why they have 27 titles over the last probably five to ten years wwe has been signing up anyone and everyone that wants to come which i mean don't get me wrong that's, if you're yeah, i've a noticed professional wrestler <laughs> and that's your goal to work like wwe is the like whether your personal opinion is not they are the top dog that mm-hmm. is you know where you're going to want to go you know say hey i work for the same company that gave hogan savage and warrior and all those great legends a paycheck so i mean i understand that don't get me wrong and i mean it's a great exposure whether how you some of their creative ways have gone over the years is very interesting but you mm-hmm. know that that could be a whole other podcast itself <laughs> absolutely but yeah now they have two major titles now which is because they have the roster split up where they have so many guys that wrestle on the monday night show raw and then on the friday night show smackdown mm-hmm. and then they have their what they call their developmental league the nxt yeah. And then they've really pushed for a women's division. They have two women's major titles and women's tag team titles. Right. So I, I, right. I get it. They want to make sure everyone has a reward for working hard. But then again, you're like, man, there's it just so seems many. like there's a lot of oversaturation right now. Yeah. With the WWE. Yeah. They've took so much what made it special, which I'm glad with. I mean, you know, more is sometimes good, but sometimes less is more. Right. It's funny because when 
well, we watched some of the Royal Wormble, mostly just because of uh, a contest that was going on amongst friends and to who who uh, who had what number of what wrestlers that was coming out. So we were trying to keep like, oh, yeah, so-and-so had this number, so here comes their wrestler. You know, we were kind of keeping up with that way. And when Edge and Christian came out, it's almost like mm-hmm. I felt like home. I was like, I yeah. know these guys. I know them. So, you know, you kind of start pulling for them and... You know, there's a lot of times that Brock and I, we just will find ourselves watching the old Attitude Era, Raw is War. And that was, to me, it doesn't get any better than that moment in the WWE. The Attitude Era is my hands-down all-time favorite. Will never be better than what it was then. Yeah, the the mid-80s until... Well, I'd say late 80s until early 90s. And then right there at the tail end of the 90s when Mm -hmm. the Attitude Era kicked up until it fizzled in the early mm-hmm. 2000s that's that's been my wheelhouse as right. far as wwe i have that love for the 80s wrestling growing up as a kid the saturday night main events and and the mm-hmm. uh prime time wrestling where you had gorilla monsoon and bobby heenan and that was the wwe of my childhood and the Dude, attitude era came into the late teens early 20s when that point in my life that was so much fun and that just everything about that attitude era just it like brocks my wheelhouse it pulls me in what with me like one of my great analogies with wrestling a lot of people are like until live action comic movies came a regular thing to me professional wrestlers are probably the closest thing you could get to a live action comic book character i mean you had mm-hmm. your you know unstoppable hero this this uh you know always cheating very win at any cost villains and like I can, like you're talking about the eras. Like for me, you have the golden. Like in comics, you have the golden, silver, and bronze age. Well, kind of like from that pre-80s up to about maybe early mid-90s. That's the golden era, and then the silver era is the attitude era with all that, and then the bronze era from there, the end of it. Right. So that's kind of like my analogy doing comic book wise. <laughs> that's a good analogy, though. I I, I totally see like, that myself. Like I said, I love the Attitude Era. I will always be a WCW fanboy because a lot of the guys <laughs> I, you know, I absolutely adore were WCW mainstays like Flair, Sting. Even the Savage started in the WWF, but to me, like he finished his career out in WCW because mm-hmm. he never wrestled again for World Wrestling Federation slash Entertainment. I, I don't know. It's just like I, I like both of them, but like to me, my heart will always be with WCW, but I still appreciate the WWF. I had so much fun. I just, I watched it. I mean, it's, it was a testosterone fueled soap opera and loved every second of it. My biggest, fondest memories of that time is all the people that I had the joy of meeting outside those arenas and the interaction that took place with, with these wrestlers. Here he goes. I've seen we're, we're watching each other, you know, on zoom. I can see Brock shaking his head right oh, now. Your, your interactions. Yeah. One I, in particular that Ryan Dole keeps bringing up. My friend from, uh, I can hear him screaming as he listens to this. <laughs> Ryan Dole, this is your moment right here. Yes. Take here it go, in, Ryan. buddy. Enjoy it, Ryan. He, well, he enjoys it every time the subject comes up. <laughs> so just the, so me, a photo kissing Shawn Michaels outside of a Raw has turned into Ryan Dole dreaming up a the relationship that I had with Shawn Michaels, which he has he has a what is it a uh, oh uh, fan fiction? There you go. <laughs> He's tried. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that you you are correct. This is this has become a fanfic. For Ryan, yes. It was only a kiss. That was it. 
That's all there was. But that interaction with Shawn Michaels, hands down, though, the, the best person that I ever had any interaction with was always Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was so good with the fans. I can't say enough good things about those interactions that I was fortunate to have with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Brock and I were watching the 2006 Royal Rumble a couple of nights ago, and the Godfather was one of the participants in the Rumble. 2002. Oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Because that's the one I went to in Atlanta. Get it right, Jessica. (laughs) Wrestling professional fan. Come on. (sighs) Sorry. Do we want to just cut that or edit it and make? Oh it no, I know. Uh, oh no, we're leaving. Your, your, your mistakes need to be heard. Oh, my oh, head hurts. <laughs> 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 okay, so really, I have photo albums of all my meetings, and some of the things got autographed. And I have mm-hmm. a photo. Fo- I have a photo album that is missing somewhere. That's got a lot of autographs inside the oh, inside the book, and I'm very sad because I don't know what happened to it. But I didn't hide it. <laughs> there is an autograph in one of those from The Godfather. So I told Brock, I said, I'm going to tell you a funny story about my interaction with The Godfather. Is this, was, uh, this was in Birmingham. He was coming around and signing stuff. And I had that. And he looked at me. He says, hey, you working with me tonight? <laughs> I was like, should I be flattered? Oh, but... <laughs> What are you trying to say here? But I did say, well, hey, if you need me, just let me know. I'll go get a dress. I'll be back soon. So it was just the interaction that a lot of these guys had with the fans outside was just some of the best moments of my life at that time period. Yeah, I've, I've shook a few hands and I'll talk like that. My my greatest wrestling interaction was actually by mistake at Dragon Con and I did not know it. For one of the guys currently wrestling, uh, Xavier Woods, who's part of the tag team, the New Day, he's a regular attendee at Dragon Con. Yes, like he goes every year. Right. Well, like I said, uh, this was probably nine, six or seven, seven or eight years ago. I was waiting in an elevator to go in the Marriott. One of our friends was staying there. Of course, I'm in my Ghostbuster gear, big muscular guy, but he was like a muscular Mister Freeze. Oh, okay. And we were, he were talking, you know, I was like, oh man, I like your outfit. And he was talking to the Ghostbusters and stuff and uh, talked to him, you know, I was cool. He was asking me a proton pack, talked to him the whole time. Did not realize it was him because he had like goggles on and like he was very Mr. Freezed up. Oh. Did not know it was him until I went to the wrestling event and he was there in his costume. And I was like, holy crap, I had a 15 minute conversation with Xavier Woods <laughs> and did not realize it. Yeah, Xavier's big on Dragon Con. He even has yeah. some of his ring gear that's modeled after the, the old uh, Marriott carpet. Yep. The cult of the carpet. It's awesome. Yep. When Stone Cold, a couple of the interactions I've had with him, the first time that he came to Birmingham, we were waiting outside, watching them all pull in. And at that time, some some arenas you would go to in the parking lots were in the back and you could kind of hang out in some like where the Civic Center and how it was set up at that time. A lot of them would just go ahead and just drive straight in to the arena. There's an entrance garage there in the front. So we see Stone Cold pull up. So I whip out a six pack of beer because I'm going to get his attention somehow. (laughs) He rolls up. I'm holding it out. He rolls down the window and says, hang on, I'll be right back for that. And he (laughs) pulled into the Civic Center. And it was me. There was a pretty good little size crowd that had built up outside at the time. And sure enough, he he pulled on in. Maybe about a minute or two later, he walks back out and... All the crowd just comes right down to him. He's 
signing all the autographs. He'd finish. He'd look. He would say, hey, did I miss anybody? Anybody else? He was making sure that he did not miss a person while he was out there. We had our picture made. A couple of weeks after that, we went to Chattanooga for a Raw. I had that photograph of me and him that was outside. Asked him to sign it. He was like, yeah, just come on down. So he told the security guard, he said, let, you know, go ahead and let her through. He signed my picture. And then another time he'd come to Birmingham, I was showing the security guard outside the photos of us. And he wired in. He was like, let me know when Stone Cold shows up. And sure enough, he drove in. The security guard walked to the back. About a minute later, they opened up the back door of the Civic Center there. And the security guard gave me the little wave sign to come in. So I actually went backstage into the garage area where he had pulled the car in. And he turns around. He said, he said, there's my girl right there. (laughs) (laughs) So he had another picture made. Had He signed a couple of stuff for me. But yeah, hands down, he's absolutely one of the best interactions I've ever had. That's awesome. And now he's doing uh, laundry detergent with with iced tea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you if know, you, odds are it would have been John Cena, but no one can ever see him. Uh, so he, exactly. Uh, sorry, I've been waiting to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kevin's input to the whole wrestling thing, right? <laughs> Everyone knows the John Cena meme. <laughs> We're going to have plenty of wrestling stories, especially from these two. Yeah. Over the course of the uh, the Bama Geeks podcast life. But uh, we want to give you guys a little taste of that. And, of course, we're about to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, spoiler alert. That noise going on. There it is. Ah, spoiler. There you go. Turn around now. Turn around now. Except for Bo. <laughs> Bo's getting spoiled whether he likes to or not. Maybe I'm into that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've got two weeks, you know, worth of episodes to catch up on. Wow. Let's just start at uh, episode number four. That was um, two weeks ago as of now. That remind me, because it all runs together because it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, was episode four the one where we had the dancing scene where Marvel released the 10 hours worth of, of uh, what's his name? Uh, what, Zemo. Zemo, Zemo, like dancing constantly over and over again. Was think, that episode four? I think that came out of the third episode. That was in was it third. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's the, all running together. It's just so amazing. The fourth one is where we got to see John Walker. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I, 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 he, he did a no. U.S. agent is born. Is this is this from the meme where I've seen where uh, one of our good friends Chase Ambrose referred to him as decapitation America? You got it. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seen, he um he goes to the dark side, Luke. Yep. Yeah, I've seen a few memes of that and uh, him touching one of the uh, the guards of Wakanda. Kind of. Oh yeah, yes. that didn't go well. Yes, they came in and totally just. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the guards of Wakanda took care of business. I know they have a, a name, and I feel terrible for not remembering. It's something with an M. I can't pronounce it, or I, you yeah. know, we're yeah. we're such great Marvel fans. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 just we're just casual people just yeah. watching this and and just regurgitating what we remember. Like I just referenced something apparently from episode three because it's just so amazing. It just well, all ends together. It's like it, a well, movie. It, it's hard for me right now to, to think back to episode four, because I'll be honest, we've been a little busy. We did absolutely zero prep work. Jess and I <laughs> did, did not do anything for this episode. And so normally my kids every other week, I have my kids every other week. And so normally we catch them up. So we would have rewatched episode four this past Friday night, if mm-hmm. we would have had my kids, but something came up and uh, we don't have the, we didn't have the kids this weekend. So 
I didn't get that refresher. So I remember, you know, when you get into your mid forties, your brain just stops remembering <laughs> so many things. And Wait, that's supposed to happen in your mid forties. Yeah. Well, it didn't mine. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. But your memory is really good though. You can remember a lot more than I can about things, but my, my short term memory is the pits. And so I'm having trouble remembering a lot of things that happened in episode four. I, I, that's where I'm going to need you guys to what you can remember to come in on this. But you know, the, the guards came in and John Walker, this is where um, Lamar. Yes. Lamar, his teammate, Battlestar. Lamar was killed during this. They were having a, they were having a funeral for Carly's mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mama Donya. Yeah. Yeah. Donya. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were having a funeral and Sam was going in to talk to Carly after the funeral and try to, hey, I know what you're feeling. I know I know what you're going through because I had this and was trying to relate to her on a much more personal level. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, John being John just destroyed that whole mm -hmm. situation. You're Brock, you're getting it mixed up. The, the, that was the first time they, yeah, that was the first time they met. The first time they met, and then John walked in. The second time was uh, uh, when they arranged and, and uh, arranged another meetup, and then all of them showed up together. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, right. mm -hmm. and then yeah, so it was a very similar situation with a very similar backdrop. So it's very easy to get it confused. But yeah, it was, and basically she she threw him into a, a column and killed him. Yeah, and then. And then we had that whole scene that was before that, where it was like, hey, if you had the chance to take the serum, would you do it? Mm -hmm. And then he finds that one little vial of serum and mm -hmm. like tucks it away. And we're like, well, oh, yeah. God, here we go. We know it's going to happen. And then, of course, he takes it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you you never see him take it. But then all of a sudden, he just starts whooping the mess out of everybody. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. he took it. And, you know, of course, it's, it's changing him as as expected. You know, you think back on the first Captain America movie prior to Steve receiving the serum and the whole conversation prior to him is you can be you know, focused more on being a good person than being a good soldier. And then just the just the whole thought of a lot of this originated from Isaiah Bradley. You know, they, 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 they kind of talk a little bit more about actually a lot more about it in episode five. But the fact that, you know, they were testing this on the soldiers um, and just telling them that it was tetanus shots and then they were dropping left and right. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they explain how he actually went to prison. They kind of dropped the. He says, I was in prison for 30 years and this was my this was my thanks to my country. And, you know, he was in prison because he actually went back to help his his comrades to, to break them out. And then, of course, they didn't survive because they got different versions of the serum. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it came from this. But, you know, when when Red Skull took the serum, it turned him into what you know him as today. So apparently, I mean, Red Skull was just evil. It was evil, evil. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've we've got, you know, who who's going to become U.S. agent. You know, he's torn. He's obviously nowhere near as pure as Steve Rogers was. I mean, that guy was just he was amazing. Mm -hmm. And he so far has been the only person that's been able to take the serum and actually still stay a good guy. Right. Because he's had a good heart. Yeah. I mean, but except for, and I really hope that we get a lot more out of Isaiah Bradley, like a lot more of his character, or if they do some sort of breakaway on that, because, you know, it would be really cool to, to see how that played out, you know, like actually see it, not just talk about it, giving him the, the super serum and then giving all his buddies the super serum as well. And then just 
seeing him break them out of jail out of the the camps and then bringing them back and that would have been super cool mm-hmm. not just to hear but to see yeah that could very well be another marvel series down the down the pike on it uh, kind of felt like they were setting it up didn't it yeah a it, little did. Bit? it did yeah because i mean just that just that whole moment between isaiah and and sam mm-hmm. just where you know obviously it's talking about the disadvantage like the massive disadvantage of having a country that spits on them but they're still fighting for them and Isaiah is saying, do you, you know, do you think that this country actually cares for you now? Do you think anything has changed? Which kind of puts the show in a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. And all that happened in episode. That was in five. Episode five. Yeah. Well, yeah that, that, that was, that, yeah. that was toward the end of five. And, and, you know, of course we got the, we finally, at the end of episode five, we really started getting the attention to, on Sam that we needed, like mm-hmm. the razor attention of like, okay, he's finally starting to embrace hit the fact that he needs to be the next captain America. Like mm-hmm. this guy needs to be him. And like, we're talking, they should have been playing music from Rocky when he was training. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was a really that good was scene. Phenomenal. Yeah. It was, was really wasn't great, it? Great yeah. scene. And of course that all, it all ties back into why is Sam training again? It's because at the end of episode four, you've got John who, you know, when Lamar died, he, he went after one of the, Flag smashers. Yeah, yeah, flag smasher. He went after one of the flag smashers. Wasn't and, even the right guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And knocked him down and got him on the steps of a fountain or something it looked like. And then took the shield and just took his head off pretty much. And so he's standing there. You see the ending shot. With everybody's the, recording. <laughs> the whole world is watching. Yeah. Ooh, look at Cap. <laughs> look Cap. what Cap and, did. Cap not, bad. And not only did he do this, he did this in another country. So yep. now it's a international incident mm-hmm. from someone who is Captain America. Quick question, since I am the guy who's not watching. Everyone knows this is not Steve Rogers as Captain America, correct? Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, they so have, the, in the world, everybody knows Steve Rogers. There, there, are, this is, there are posters this, in every episode. There are posters mm-hmm. hanging up on buildings, on on, yeah. on different places, and it says, John Walker, Captain America. Cap is back, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. th- there, there's a lot of weight behind the fact that, like, the American people and the government backed this guy right to be the new Captain America. I got you. I got you. And he's and a, lo- he's a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing is, is um, you know, John Walker starts off as just like um, Cap, and then you start seeing him getting more mm-hmm. and more and more unraveled until he does that, and it gets even worse after when they have to chase him down and get the shield from him. And that fight, ooh, was that was a. I didn't know what was happening there. Yeah. Tore off Falcon's wings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> it's it's like the serum. It's it's going to enhance whatever is a It's gonna enhance the inherent qualities of that person. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm trying to it, get at. Intensify. Well, it, well right. it, it the thing is, from what I see, it enhances whatever is the most prominent emotion or right. the most prominent part of them. It's not necessarily a quality. Mm-hmm. It could be a negative, like in Red Skull's mm-hmm. yeah. you know, case. It's like the guy was a maniacal madman, you know, not a madman. He was a maniacal genius, but at the same time, he was just evil, like just pure evil. And it made him look like he was pure evil. So in this I'm... case, it it amplified John Walker's need for revenge. Do you like know what he it was makes concentrated me kinda, revenge. This, kinda, this just popped into my head. 
I guess I was trying to figure out where I'm going with this, where they've used these kind of examples for when people obtain a certain power, a certain ability. But I, my mind just went to the mask movie with Jim Carrey. You know, the mask. Oh, oh my gosh, when, that's when perfect. You, when you put the mask on, it brought out that that dominant trait, I guess, within a, an individual. <laughs> Whereas Jim Carrey was, you know, the cartoonish type figure when he put the mask on. Mm-hmm. And then Dorian, when he put the mask on, he mm-hmm. was evil. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. So now, so yeah. see, now I'm, I'm, I'm picturing somebody <laughs> that takes the serum and they go, smoke it. <laughs> Stanley Ipkiss, the, the new Captain America. <laughs> I guess that's what I was trying to go with in my conversation is that you're learning yeah. about yeah. before when you saw the Captain America movie, well, he took the serum. It made him a super soldier. And you saw the kind of character that Steve Rogers was. Yeah. Now you see where the serum is being taken by other people and what it's doing to that person. I, They're I just, not all that just because you take a super serum doesn't mean it's not going to turn you into what Steve Rogers is. Yeah. What, what kind of scares me about the serum though? I really hope that they kind of begin and end this, at least mostly within the confines of this series, because if they don't, this kind of has the potential to become like the, like extremists. You remember mm-hmm. extremists mm-hmm. from, from Iron Man where it was just kind of like, uh, and it just really wasn't that really well fleshed out. I don't, I mean, obviously none of us know where they're going with this, but we have no idea where they're going to, you know, go with this, if they're going to continue on with it. I just kind of hope that they kind of keep it within Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not go too far crazy with it. Yeah, because they could, they, they could, this could branch out and be like, oh man, look, now everybody's got the serum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thankfully they they did make it known that there was limited quantities that, mm-hmm. you know, back yeah. in episode three that was that was made, right. and then in, in episode four, you know, John basically got the last bit of serum that the scientists that had mm-hmm. been working in uh, mm-hmm. Metropore yeah, had been working on. Right. Cause Zemo had, had stomped on, you know, he, he was smacked when he was breaking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when Carly dropped him and he had that opportunity, right. so he broke what he could, but of course one, one always gets left behind and we know where yeah. that's when he picked that and up. I was like, well, you know where this is going. So. All it takes is one good convenient plot device and we've got somebody <laughs> else is making it. So. Yeah. And somebody will, I mean, this, who knows? And also the the unexpected cameo from this last this current episode is Julia Louise Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, what a that was a that was quite a surprise. So I have to wonder, you know, is you know she she said her name, she identified herself, but mm-hmm. I told Brock, I said, so is she the power broker that we've been hearing about because that character has so. been and he doesn't think so i think she's t- if not she's got to be tied into that in she, some way her she, character has been linked to nick fury yeah but reading about you know who is this character within the marvel universe so yes she is the um, nick fury of you know the not like not the heroic you know the shield or anything right. like that but there's a there's like a Whatever this division is, she is the Nick Fury of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, she's, she's going to be basically the one that, for lack of a better term, commands US agent. Yeah. Like whenever mm-hmm. he's, whenever, what, you know, it's going to be whatever the group is going to be called. I don't know if they're going to change it for the MCU. And, you know, I recognize there may be a lot of you out there that have read the comics and have figured <laughs> this stuff out. I don't think any of us have. So no. we're just kind of shooting in the dark here. As to what we think is going to happen, so you can you can listen and laugh and go, hi, I know what's going on, but you know we're 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 kind of figuring out as we go along, mm-hmm. and I think we're all kind of enjoying that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, See, definitely. What- and and Julie Louise Dreyfus, she she shows up 
after uh, John gets less than honorable discharge out of out of the army <laughs> and gets told that he's he's absolutely done in his role as Captain America and done in the military and so he and his no benefits yeah no benefits <laughs> dang and so he's sitting outside with is that a girlfriend his wife yeah, his, his wife, wife. Yes. his girlfriend yeah or is yeah. it okay yeah yeah i think it's his wife i think you're right Jessica. okay so he's sitting out there and all of a sudden she just shows up hands him a blank card you know one and side the hands the, the wife is asking questions and she yeah. just like like hands her a card and you think it's got her name on it. And then she's like, it was just blank. Yeah. One side is white. One side is black and it's, yeah. it's blank. Yeah. You know, and then she talks about the gray legal area of owning the shield, mm-hmm. which, you know, black and white, you turn that card pretty quick, turns gray. I and then know. I'm just putting stuff out there. If you continue to watch episode five after the credits, mm-hmm. you see where there is a certain John Walker working on his own shield. Right. Ooh. And so they, he he's like, I had to give up the shield. They took it from me, but I'm going to make my own shield. And that's where we're going to get USH. Yeah. So is this is this shield going to have blackjacks and ladies of the evening? I don't know. Make my own shield with blackjack. Oh, well, uh, granted, Rocky, Rocky, I mean, you're, you're former military. I'm not, I'm, apologies if I put you on the spot here. But no, it's OK. What what was that? What was that that he had? What was that medal? At the end of had. at the end of the the after credit scene, yes, yeah, I guess we didn't see it. Well, it, <laughs> I, I have I have okay. no idea what he was <laughs> okay. because we we were trying to go somewhere, and so we finished that episode. The credits started rolling, and all of a sudden, we started getting ready to dash out the door. Mm-hmm. And so we were driving several hours that Friday. Hit and Jess is in the passenger seat. She's like, "Oh, there was an after credit scene," and I'm like, "Well, you can watch it and tell me what's happening." So I actually did not see the after credit scene. Jess saw it. This is Medal of Honor, I believe. Is it? Because he okay. was he's a decorated. You know, he received the Medal of Honor and, and you know the military decoration and the you know the highest honors and awards. And so I was thinking it says Medal of yeah. Honor. Yeah, could, could it kind of looks I like he was. It. Pu- it looked like he was putting it on his shield or something. Now, naturally, I was watching it on my phone while driving mm-hmm. en route to where we were going. So from mm-hmm. what I could tell, based on my limited small screen, trying to watch that. And yeah, then, I need to go back and watch and that. You, and he, so now he's going to be Captain America with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> a big one. A huge chip on his shoulder. And if and, if, and, if any of you out there have seen any of the social media posts about him building his new shield, I suggest you go out there and, and try to find some of that because it's it's been pretty. The reactions on social media to it has always, they never disappoint. So <laughs> I saw something, someone was trying to discuss some kind of imagery where there's a giant painting in the background of one of the uh, scenes. I forgot some kind of battle or something, something about a, a leader, a failed leader or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was one of those like fan theory things I saw. Like, so even <laughs> though, I, even though like I don't really go out looking for spoilers, I see stuff discussions. I'm like, hmm, I'll read it. Yeah. You know, but there's apparently some kind of like a big battle painting. So I didn't on oh. on screen fall. <laughs> Bo's house is falling apart. What hey. what fell? Slimer? No. Uh, nope, that's, no. No. Uh, any RGB figures fell? <laughs> Who fell? Peter. Well, oh, down goes Peter. That's Peter for you. That's though. pretty good for almost like three months without one falling. So, or about a month or two. So, yeah. I meant to ask you how are those command strips holding up back there. Well, as you see, that's probably about <laughs> that's 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 two months. Bo, did you use the command strips or did you use those cheap ones from Walmart? I used the command I, ones this time. 
I think okay, it's well, that surprises I think it, me. I don't think it will like the paint. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But for anyway, sorry. That's all right. So where is Captain America's shield? Where it's it's right where it rightly belongs. Absolutely. With Sam, it's where it started. Yeah. After you know Steve gave it to him, it's back where it belongs again. Yeah. We, and, we 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 talked about that massive fight at the beginning of episode five where Bucky and Sam and and and. John. John. I was I was searching for the word. So you just can't say his name. Captain Turd Burglar. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that that was for a second there. You thought Bucky and Sam were not going to walk away from that. You know, it, it. John's pretty pretty powerful after that serum, but but they wind up getting the shield back, and and Sam heads back to heads back to Louisiana and. Uh, starts helping his sister redo and rebuild and gets mm-hmm. the community together to just you know try to rebuild their their parents boats you know they had used for fishing and, mm-hmm. and all and Bucky shows up and starts helping to work on this boat trying mm-hmm. to help his I don't, know, I don't know if they would call each other friends and, but helping his f- his partner out his co-worker and, yeah. <laughs> and flirting with his sister oh yeah well he likes Sarah a lot <laughs> oh yeah and, and Sam told him don't be flirting with my sister <laughs> But uh, so they're 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 working on this old fishing boat, trying to get it back together. And I saw a great meme, and it was just little shots of screen grabs from uh from the episode of Sam and Bucky working on the boat. And instead of the the uh, this old house logo, it was this old boat. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys just happily working on an old boat together. It was great. But uh, but yeah, Bucky's back down to Louisiana and trying to help out and. It, earlier in the episode, when Baron Zemo, he was in Sokovia, once Bucky got there, he got handed over back to the Wakandans. Mm-hmm. And so the three guards were there and they start taking Baron away. And, and Bucky's like, hey, I, I might need one more favor. Mm-hmm. And so he takes, or when he shows up in Louisiana, all of a sudden he brings a box with him and it's a box from Wakanda. And we're screaming like, you know, the, the end of seven, like, what's in the box? What's in the box? You know, <laughs> they of course it, it cuts off right when right when Sam opens the box. That's where the episode ends. Of course, so you don't know what's in there, but I want to know what's in that box. I'm sure I'm we will. I'm sure. What we do you will guys think's in out. the box? I was thinking. I was thinking. Okay, if Sam's going to take over the the mantle of Captain America as he rightly should, I'm thinking maybe it's a suit similar to Black Panthers. You know, Ooh. something in that box. He's like, okay, they made they've made me a Captain America suit that's similar to to Black Panthers. Me, me being even though I haven't watched the series, I'm calling it vibranium wings for Falcon. See, that's what I said. Could I said. Be, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that's the obvious one. But what if it's what, what if it's gifting the uh, uh, the flower? What if it's just one of the flowers Ooh. that would give him superpowers, Ooh. but not not serum? Mm. You know what I'm that talking about. A- Ooh, that would be neat. I like, like he literally theory. opens it and it's just the flower, and then it's like here's it's just like an instruction sheet on what to do. I was really disappointed when he opened the box. You didn't see like the gold light, like you know, Jules from uh, <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Are we good? Oh, we good. <laughs> Are we good? <laughs> now, uh, God, guys, now now I want to see Bucky and uh, Sam as a. Uh, Oh, yes. Oh, Vincent. yes. <laughs> they are, are the Vincent Vega. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But oh man. But but by the time but by the time we can talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier again, the show's gonna be over. There's only one more episode. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll watch it by then. Doubt it, but you know. <laughs> you've been able to live vicariously through us, so I hope you've done. Hope yeah. we've kind of done a good job for you. <laughs> yeah, See, I, I am the person who's still listening despite the spoiler warnings. The, <laughs> the, the really cool thing, though, is that at the end of episode five, like Brock mentioned, they've sewn it up. I mean, they this is the best prep that you could have for a crazy finale episode yeah. that I've mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So this this last episode is probably going to be insane. I mean, we're definitely going to see John Walker again at some point, and there'll probably be at least a small battle between him and Sam. And we don't even know what's going to happen yeah. at this point. It, now, this makes me think, I wonder if they're going to do it. There's always the famous imagery where Captain America got shot from mm. comics a few years ago. So I'm wondering if they mm. may use that imagery with John or whoever is going to be kind of it'd be interesting. And this is another He's, hot topic for discussion in, in amongst the Falcon and Winter Soldier universe that I've caught on to is that the conversation between uh, and what a what a great scene with Sam and Bucky there towards the end there with Sam training with the shield and the conversation that they're having. The conversation amongst the the fans is Steve dead. Do you think Steve is dead? Because I keep referring to Steve as being gone yeah, Steve's not here. Steve's not here. So has he died? That's, what if he that's shows a, up in six? Oof. <sighs> he's not, and, and, but he's not I, coming. I did, no, Chris Evans isn't coming back. He's already stated yeah. he's not coming back. So well, uh, and he had the I, best farewell. I mean, there's no really no yeah. need to bring him back. Mm-hmm. That right. would kind of tarnish that good sign off right into the sunset moment. Right. I, I did. I did want to mention though, John Walker's already been shot, hasn't he? I don't know if that that would count for them using that. Yeah, imagery. they didn't really dig into it that much, but I, mm. he had gotten shot already. Yeah, but so, he's, and when he was Captain America, too, yeah. So that's another uh, thing that's out there in the yeah. in the universe right now is is the question of what what is really going on with Steve. What happened? We know what happened at the end of the movie and yeah. and where that led to. But has he when they refer to him as being gone? Does that mean he has died? And I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but. It comes up every freaking week. Are we actually going to see a lead in to mutants? Mm. Like, may are they going to mention it? Are we going to see anything about it? Is it going to kind of get us thinking? Because everyone, there is some outlandish, crazy theory every single episode that basically it's debunked as soon as the episode airs. So I'm kind of wondering with this being the final episode, if they just drop a bomb, like, mm-hmm. by the way, there's mutants as well as serum now, guys. Yeah. I don't know, but it's going to give us a lot to. They're they're bound to drop something that's going to give us a lot to think about between now and the time that uh, that Loki premieres on June eleventh. Mm-hmm. Yes, we got to wait that long. <laughs> know, that, that's the next series, right? Is that's, Loki? that's the next Loki, one coming yeah. up. Is Loki? We got to yes. wait that long, man. I'm, 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 and I'm so excited about Loki. I, I can't wait to. And, uh, are there any other any movies or anything coming out between now and then? No, uh, no. Black Widow's what, slated what? for end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. July. July. June or July, yeah. yeah. Stupid COVIDs. <laughs> well, it's very interesting. Like, the cool thing about what they've done with the streaming series is one cool thing, like, the movies have always been what's going on the main focal point. Mm-hmm. This kind of allows other stuff to be going on at the same time, finally. Yeah. Like, the you know, it's a bigger world, the world expanding. Yeah. Yep. Well, 
Uh, anything else we want to talk about with Falcon and Winter Soldier, or are we good? I think we're good. Nothing, but we we established the entire imagery of the of both episodes so that Bo doesn't have to go watch it now. <laughs> yeah, Bo, yeah, I'm go, I'm don't, 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 don't even waste your time, Bo. <laughs> Horrible series. I, look, look, like I said, I enjoy the journey just as much as I do the destination. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so glad you're like that, because otherwise we'd have to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> we we all have things that we watch at different times. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. I can't remember half of the things anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's like it's one of those, it's not I don't want to watch it. It's just kind of like one of those things I got to do it. <laughs> just got to sit down and make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's because like since there's so many episodes now that I'm like, well, crap, I'm going to be devoted. That's going to be at least a day devoted to watching that now. Yeah, you're fixing to have a heck of a binge going on for you. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Take six hours and just sit down because each episode is an hour long. Yeah. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Bama Geeks podcast. We really, really thank you so much for joining us. And we've had great feedback from uh, people that we do know, people that we don't know. Had a couple of emails and we really appreciate it. And we hope that you guys see that we're having a good time together. The four of us always have a great time together. And so we enjoy bringing this to you. And hope that you'll join us for the next episode. And we will plan that out. Uh, I, Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. It'll be mm-hmm. old news by then, but guarantee you <laughs> we'll talk about it. And we'll touch on some other stuff. But any farewells you guys want to say? Interact with us on social media. We love to hear from you. And as we've said, we will respond. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, well, thank you for listening. You, you know, you had a choice in your rambling listening to, and you chose me and Brock, <laughs> Justin, Kevin. That's, I appreciate it. And make sure you follow us on social media at Bama Geeks. Once again, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We love to interact. We love to post things and make you laugh. That's right. So thanks again so much for joining us. We'll catch you next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.